Let's turn to uh, Romans 12. Romans 12. Today we're going to talk about the renewing of the mind. Renewing the mind. And in Romans 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And you be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now the understood subject here is you. You be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is something we have to do. This is not something that just automatically happens. Now in uh, verse 2, uh, in the J.B. Phillips translation, it says, Don't let the world around you squeeze you into its own mold. The uh, New Living Translation says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. Now, in 1 Thessalonians 5 and Hebrews 4 verse 12, it tells us that the spirit and the soul are not the same. Now, you will often hear Christians uh, refer to spirit, soul, and body, but almost always, almost every single time I hear them refer to spirit, soul, and body, they reverse the order exactly backward. You will almost always hear them say, body, mind, spirit. And that is exactly the opposite. The, by, the, the word doesn't even put it in that order. The word puts it spirit, soul, body. That is the correct order. The spirit man is supposed to be in the ascendancy. But, and not the body. But because uh, we've been trained this way, our minds have been trained this way all of our life by experience and what we've been taught in church and what since knowledge has taught us uh, is that the body comes first and the spirit and before you're born again that's the condition you are in and because Christians don't get their mind renewed to the word of God they think, this, they think the same order still applies once they're born again and it's not supposed to be that way now you hear, also hear Christians say we have to die to self that's not true. You don't want to die to self because self has been reborn. Self is your spirit. Self is not your body. And that's what a lot of Christians, they don't understand because they haven't been taught properly by the Word. They don't even know what's happened to them once they've been born again. So, that's one reason why we're talking about this. The spirit man is the real you, not your body. The word says we are to renew our mind and crucify the flesh. Now, before, before you got born again, um, let's, just say, let's just say this is my body. I'm the soul. My spirit is standing here next to me, and the Holy Spirit... It's right over there. Now, before we get born again, it's, it, it's all we're aware of is our soul, our mind, and our body. We do not even know these two people exist. So, whatever the body wants to do, I'm the, I'm the soul, I'm the mind in the middle. I'm just trained to follow this thing. Wherever it wants to go, this is where we go. If it says, let's go to the disco, let's go to the disco. No. If it says, I want to go to a triple X rated movie, let's go. I just follow this thing around wherever it wants to go, whatever it tells me to do, and all of the information coming into the body 
is all is coming through the five physical senses. What it can see, what it can hear, what it can feel. That's where all of its information comes from. No information is coming from the Word of God. So as far as we're concerned, it's just me and Him. That's it. But when you get born again, the spirit man becomes alive to God. God makes recreates your spirit in His likeness and image, and now it's awake to God. It, it's alive. It's not dead anymore. But the mind hasn't changed. The mind's nothing happened. Nothing happened to me. What happened was to this to the spirit. That's what got changed. Nothing happened to me. Then the Holy Spirit indwells my spirit. So now my spirit and the Holy Spirit are linked up together. But nothing's happened to me. And nothing's happened to my body. We're, we're still the same. Now, if something doesn't change to the mind, we got a problem here, don't we? <laughs> because now the spirit is alive to God. It wants to please God. It has a whole new nature. The sin nature is not in, in there anymore. The sin nature is gone. That spirit has no desire to go to the disco anymore. It has no desire to sit down and watch a triple X rated movie anymore. But this thing here still has been trained for, you know, all its life in those things. So now we got a we got a conflict here. The body's still wanting the old man. This is the old man, and this is the new man. So I'm in the middle. Now where whichever way I go, that's the way we're going. And when Christians don't get their mind renewed to who they are in Christ, what they can do, what they can have, their authority on this earth, they continue to be led by this thing. Because without feeding their spirit and the Word of God, and without getting your spirit man built up on the Word, because the, the Word of God feeds the spirit man like physical food feeds the natural man. Well, if you starve your natural body, it just gets weaker and weaker and weaker. Well, Christians who starve themselves of the Word of God, they just get weaker and weaker and weaker. And they're dominated by this natural world. They're dominated by this thing. They're dominated by their body. And they don't know what the problem is. They don't know what to do about it or, or anything. So, so a, a born-again Christian whose mind is not renewed still continues to be dominated by this natural realm and circumstances. And, and they, they continue to follow this this thing. When what's supposed to happen is your spirit is supposed to be built up in the Word of God. It's supposed to feed your spirit. And when you pray in tongues and you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, Jude tells us that edifies you and that builds you up and that makes you stronger. So what's supposed to happen when you're born again? The mind is supposed to be following these people. And these people are getting their information from a different source than that body. The spirit indwelt by the Holy Spirit is getting its information from the Holy Spirit and it's getting its information from here. So that's what's supposed to influence our mind and our thinking. And this is why you have to get your mind renewed to the Word of God so that it will get into agreement with your spirit and what your spirit knows to be true. And stop following this thing around and making decisions by reasoning and uh, just your natural wits. Because that's the way the world, that's the way the world lives. And that's the way Christians live if they don't get their mind renewed by the Word of God. So, we are a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. Now, when, when the body dies, the soul goes with the spirit. 
even though they're two different things, when the body dies, the soul and the spirit, if, if we're born again, we go to be with the Lord. And we know the soul and the spirit go together. Uh, you remember the story about the rich man and Lazarus. The rich man died and went to hell. Lazarus died and went to, into the bosom of Abraham. Uh, at that point, the you know, Old Testament saints went into the part of hell called paradise at that time. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, they both died. And the rich man, it says, he looked up and he saw Lazarus in Abraham's bosom. Now, the rich man still had all of his mental faculties. He saw... He saw uh, Lazarus, he recognized him, he knew who he was. He recognized that he was in hell. He recognized, he realized he was in hell. He realized that Lazarus was somewhere else. So he still had all of his mental faculties. So when we, when we leave, our soul goes with our spirit, wherever that destination is going to be. If we've made Jesus the Lord of our life, it's going to go with our spirit to be with the Lord. And those that are lost, their soul goes with them to the region of the damned because Satan is, is, is their Lord and that's who they've chosen to follow. And where he goes, they go. It's not because God's sending anybody there. If, if, the, if Satan is their Lord and they've never made Jesus a Lord, they're just going to go with their Lord. And if Satan's their Lord, they're going to go where he goes and he's going to hell. It's not that God wants anybody to go there. The, the Bible says that hell was not created for man. It was created for the devil and his angels. But if you're following the devil, you're going to go where he goes. Okay, now that doesn't apply to us. So when we are born again, our spirit was recreated in the likeness and image of God. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says we are a new creature. The Good News translation says anyone joined to Christ is a new being. The old life of sin is gone. The sin nature no longer resides in your spirit. Now, Whatever your mind thought before you were born again, it still thought the same way after you were born again. Even though you're born again and your spirit is created in the image of Jesus, you will continue to think and respond like an unbeliever if you do not renew your mind with the Word of God and bring it into agreement. In order to grow into spiritual adulthood, our soul and body are going to have to take on the same image of God as our born-again spirit. And this is the transformation that has to take place in Romans 12, 2. Now we know the, the, the Greek word there, uh, transformed, is where we get the English word metamorphosis, which describes you know, the transformation of a caterpillar into a butterfly. And before this metamorphosis takes place, the caterpillar is bound to this natural earth. So just like a caterpillar has to shed its outer casing to become a beautiful butterfly, we have to shed the beliefs of the world and the traditions of religion so that we are no longer bound and limited to the natural realm and the world system. So let's turn to Ephesians 4. So until our mind's renewed, we're bound, even though we've been translated out of that world, we've been translated out of the dominion of darkness and translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. If we don't get our mind renewed, we don't even know that has taken place. We don't even know we've been delivered from the dominion of darkness and translated into the kingdom of His dear Son. And how to walk in it. Ephesians 4.22 That you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, 
Now the word conversation here means behavior or the way one conducts their life, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now the message translation says, since we do not have the excuse of ignorance, everything, and I mean everything, connected with that old way of life has to go. That unrenewed mind, unregulated by the Word of God, influenced by what it feels, hears, and sees, has to go. Verse 24. And that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now the understood subject again here is you. You put off the uh, former conversation. You be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now you'll notice that the renewing, uh, renewing the spirit of your mind in verse 23 is the link between putting off the old behavior, the unrenewed mind in verse 22, and putting on the new mind in verse 24. So that's the link. You put on the new man by renewing the spirit of your mind. By renewing of the mind, we are able to live in God's higher system of abundance, divine health, and enjoy all the benefits and privileges of the blessing of Abraham. Now the word mind in the dictionary means a person's mental processes contrasted to physical action. A person's mental processes contrasted to physical action. Now the Greek word mind describes everything in the realm of the intellect, including one's will, emotions, and ability to think, reason, and decide. Whoever or whatever controls a person's mind ultimately has the power to dictate the affairs and outcome of that person's life. Now the word renew in uh, Vine's expository dictionary of New Testament words, he says the adjustment of the moral and spiritual vision and thinking to the mind of God which is designed to have a transforming effect upon the life. Now, when you have this thought, maybe it's not God's will to heal me, where does that come from? We know where that comes from. We know where that comes from. Now, everybody doesn't know where that comes from. Every Christian doesn't know where that comes from. We know. That comes from the devil. Okay? He uses circumstances, religious tradition, and experiences in life to feed that lie to you. God's Word says Jesus has already borne our sicknesses and pain in His body on the cross, and by His stripes we were healed. Now, you got the devil over here telling you you're not healed. You got your body telling you you're not healed. You got your spirit who knows the Word of God, your spirit's telling, telling you we were healed. So now, I'm, I'm the mind, I'm the soul in the middle, I'm, I'm the one that's going to decide this thing, which way we're going. Am I going to believe what my body's telling me? Am I going to believe what the devil's telling me? Or am I going to believe what my spirit knows to be true and what God's already told me his will is in His Word. So I'm the establishing witness in this thing. Whichever way, I, if, I, if I'm pulled over, if my body pulls me over into agreement with it, and I agree that I'm sick, I'm sick. <laughs> but if my, if, I, if my spirit pulls me over into agreement with it and says, no, Sickness doesn't belong to us. Jesus has already borne our sicknesses and carried our diseases. Now, I'm in agreement with my spirit, and we're going to get healed. 
That's the way it works. Now, the same is true with financial prosperity and any other promise of God. The word says, He who sows bountifully shall reap bountifully. It says, Beloved, I pray above all things that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. It says, God has given us the power to get wealth in order to establish His covenant. Now, when you have this thought, you're crazy giving your money away. Where does that come from? You'll never see that money again. How would God ever prosper you? We know where those thoughts are coming from, okay? They're coming from the devil. They're not coming from God. We've already, we've already found out what God says about it. How does a Christian come to the conclusion that it might not be God's will to heal them? No teaching? Wrong teaching? Their mind just does what it has always done. It agrees with what it feels, sees, and hears. That's what it's been trained to do. That's what it's been trained all, you know, all your life because there's, you know, when you're not born again or even when you are born again, if you don't expose your mind to something else other than what you can see and hear and feel, it's just going to continue to think and believe the same old way. Even though Jesus has already gone to the cross, even though He's already done it, if you don't get your mind in agreement with that, it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. You know, this is the I mean, what the hospitals are saying to people, they're telling them what they do, even though they don't know. They're telling them that, you know, you'll never walk again. Yeah. You'll end up yeah. going into a home. You'll never walk again. And if if you don't put your mind on God's word, yes. say, I will walk again. Amen. You know, Amen. You know, you you register blind because you'll never see again. And it's so hard. And what you're saying, that struggle of your flesh knowing the word of God and mm. listening to the, what the devil is getting those people to say. Yeah. What he's trying to take you off off God's word. Yeah, and just to listen to them. Yeah, that's and this is what a lot of Christians are doing now. Yeah, you know, they and they don't realize they don't realize the process of what's even happening. You know, they think, you know, they don't. It, you 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 do what the word says, and that's the only reason you're sitting here today, yeah. and not in a nursing home somewhere in a wheelchair, yeah. because you had you had another source of information. And if these people don't have another source of information, they just believe whatever the report is. Now, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, I understand the doctor's role. You know, I understand the doctor's role. We go to the doctor to find out what the deal is. You know, find out what are we dealing with. And that's, that's his primary function really uh, is just to give us an indication of what we're dealing with, especially for a Christian. Because once we know what we're dealing with, now we can focus our faith on it because it's got a name. And the Bible says God has given Jesus a name that is above every name. Yeah. And, and at the name of Jesus every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So for a Christian, once it, the thing's got a name to it, now we can focus our faith and we know what the Word of God says. Yeah. But for other people and for Christians that don't know what the Word of God says and they don't understand how this process works, they just go with the flow. You know, whatever... Their body tells them whatever they see, hear, feel. They believe that report the doctor gave them. And even though they might like to be healed, and, you know, they may desire to be healed, they don't understand this renewing of the mind and how to get in, in agreement with it. 
and that we've got to renew our mind to what the Word of God says, that Jesus has already done it for us. Same is true with finances. He's already done that for us too. It's just a, it's a little bit a little bit different with finances, but it's still the same process. He's done that for us as well. But we've got to get our mind into agreement. God has, uh, you know, you hear some, you know, you'll have this thought, uh, or you hear other Christians say, God only gives us spiritual blessings. You know, that's a, fav- that's a real favorite. God's only promised to meet your needs, not your wants. Why do they say that? Their mind's not renewed to the Word of God. Their mind has received all of this unscriptural information as the truth, and it does not want to let go of it. So if you can imagine all these years, you know, your mind has been trained to believe this natural realm as reality. And, and, and even for a Christian, if they never expose themselves to the Word of God and they never, and I mean, I'm, I'm talking about in it. I'm not talking about picking it up on Sunday, you know, and reading the verse. I'm talking about every single day. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. You've got to get your mind saturated with this and jerk it out of this old way of thinking that it's been trained in. And this is a process. This is not something that happens in a week or two. When I first started out in this, I just thought, once you get your mind renewed, it's renewed forever and that's it. But but this is a process because we are constant. We are in a world that's going in a whole different direction. It's flowing in a negative downhill stream toward death and destruction. And every day, something on the news or something you hear somebody say or even something you hear in church is telling you you're not going to get it. You don't have it. God won't do this. He doesn't care about this. And you're, these things are constantly coming into your mind, like Anne was saying. And so this, has, this is something we have to just stay with all the time to keep our mind renewed and to keep it in agreement with the Word. A renewed mind would recognize that this unscriptural, that this information is unscriptural and it would immediately know that it's not true because it's not in agreement with the Word. So it it all starts with the Word and knowing what the Word says. So the, the way we know the perfect will of God about these situations is by knowing what the Word of God says about it. I mean, the church I grew up in... We never took our Bible to church. We didn't need to. You know, we we didn't really have a need for a Bible because there was very little there that had to do with the Bible. Very little said. Uh, Anything that was read from the Bible was usually in the back of the hymn book. You know, they got a section back there with some readings and stuff in it. And some of it's scriptural. Uh, And that's the only, you know, that was the only thing that really ever had to do with the Bible. So my grandmother gave me a Bible when I was seven years old, but the first time I remember taking it to church was probably when I was out of university. That's when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit and my eyes began to wake up to the things of God. So, you know, so just because you're a Christian doesn't mean, doesn't mean you know what the Word says. Back to Romans 12.2. This is why we must bring our mind into agreement with what the Word of God says about us. We must prove to our mind and experiences of reality what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And that's whatever the Word says about us. That's what we are. And that is the truth. Now, the complete Jewish Bible says, so that you will know what God wants and will agree that what He wants is good, satisfying, and able to succeed. The New Living Translation says, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. 
In order for the Word of God and the will of God to become a reality in our lives, our mind is going to have to be renewed in these areas. Now let's turn over to 2 Timothy 1. If you were at Brother Copeland's meeting, you probably heard uh, Gloria mention, you know, the church she grew up in, which was famous for believing nothing. And that, I think we were in the same denomination. <laughs> she was 19 miles down the road from where I live uh, in the same denomination. So I knew exactly what she was talking about. <laughs> 2 Timothy 1, 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a what? A sound mind. Sound mind. Now this phrase, sound mind, in the Greek... Uh, it's two Greek words, actually. The first one is sozo, which is one of the two Greek words in the New Testament translated saved. Soteria and sozo are the two Greek words translated saved in the New Testament. Uh, the other word means total, your total frame of thinking or the framework of your mind. Now you put these together and they mean every part of the human mind, including all of the processes that are engaged in making the mind function and come to conclusions. So uh, a sound mind, uh, we know the word saved also means deliverance, protection, wholeness, that's what it means to be saved. We've been put in a sound condition. Good memory. Yes. No Alzheimer's. Yes. Amen. There's Amen. There's so much about Alzheimer's at the moment. It's terrible. Yes, that's right. And putting fear into the whole world about it. Yeah. And helping us that they start speaking it over themselves. Yeah. They can't remember something. Yeah. Yeah. They... And I'm now the sound mind I am saying. Sorry, I'm interrupting No, you, no, go ahead. It's That's right. Me, actually, because I, I, I keep on saying I've got a sound mind, I've got a good memory. Yes. I've got an alert brain. Yes, that's exactly. God says I've got a sound mind. Amen. And every time I hear anybody talking about this memory problem, when I can't remember something, I say to myself, it's all right, the Holy Spirit revealed it to me. Now. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. That's good. Amen. And they're opening themselves up for the devil and they don't even know it. No. They don't even know it. Uh, you pick up a paper, you know, the daily paper, there's always something there every day to depress you. Mm -hmm. you know, That's why we've, we've got to just, when we read that, uh, Jerry Savelle says he reads the newspaper, you know, he picks up the, the front page and he reads all this stuff, doom and gloom, and he says, well, I'm redeemed from that, and I'm redeemed from that, and I'm redeemed from that. So that's yeah. the way we need to read yeah. the news. If you're going to read it, you know, I don't recommend... I, I, I turn to the sports section on the back. <laughs> that's really the only thing much I'm interested in. Sometimes the business section. But Jerry Sabell says he reads, he reads the front page, I'm redeemed from that, I'm redeemed from that. And then he turns to the the good part, which is the sports on the back. So that's kind of how I read the newspaper, too. Well, my, one of my former pastors used to say, I read the paper so I know what to pray for. Well, <laughs> it gives you plenty to, plenty to pray I for. Mean, he, he knew what to pray for, but, you know, it, it added to the prayers of his day. Yeah, we, we find out what we've been redeemed yeah. from, don't we? Yes. Amen. Yeah. So how you process information that comes through your five physical senses. It refers to a mind that has been delivered, rescued, revived, salvaged, protected, and is now safe and secure. 
A mind that no longer is affected by illogical, unfounded, and absurd thoughts. There's no such thing as your thoughts, God's thoughts, and the devil's thoughts. There's no such thing as your thoughts. You don't have an original thought. It either comes from God or it comes from the devil. Now, it seems like that should be very easy to understand and distinguish. But for most people and most Christians, it is not. They, just, they cannot distinguish between God's thoughts and Satan's thoughts. And this is something we have to be, we have to be taught. I mean, it should be obvious, but it's not obvious. There, there are Christians all over the place that think God's the one making them sick. You know, and, and this bad thing happens, and this bad thing happens, and they think it's God's will, and it's something, this is, He's allowed this to happen to bring something good into their lives. You know, um, and, they're, and they're, they're being defeated. Some, you know, some, in some situations it's, it's fatal. By not knowing what, by knowing what the word says, you can distinguish between thoughts that come from God and thoughts that come from Satan. Thoughts from Satan are fearful, illogical, absurd, ridiculous, and unfounded. Why is it important to know this? Because when you begin to live a life of faith, and when you step out on God's word, the enemy will try to assault you mentally and emotionally in an attempt to stop your progress. Satan speaks directly to your mind and he speaks to you through negative circumstances and other people to try to convince you that number one, the word of God is not working. Number two, you cannot rely on the faithfulness of God. And number three, you're not going to receive what God has promised. Now that's what he's after, and he can do that in lots of ways. Now let's turn over to 2 Corinthians. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 10. Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not natural. They're not changeable. But mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, strongholds are faults that are contrary to God's word. That's what a stronghold is. A thought that's contrary to God's word. What are some familiar strongholds? Out of nowhere comes this thought. You're going to lose everything you have. How could that possibly be from God? He gave you everything you have. <laughs> that, could, that thought couldn't possibly come from God. What about this one? You're going to die from some strange disease. We know where that comes from. What are these? Illogical, unfounded, absurd thoughts. But I don't care how absurd the thought is. Don't entertain it for one second. The, the instant that flashes across your mind, like Anne said, this memory Jump, the, the first time that flashes across your mind, you immediately cast it down and say what you said. No, I have a sound mind. I have a good memory, and the Holy Spirit's going to help me remember what I need to remember. Amen? Cast it down immediately. Now, so it says the weapons of our warfare are not natural or changeable, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. How? Casting down imaginations. Now this word imaginations in the Greek is where we get the English word logic. Logical 
thinking or reasoning. If Satan can't get you to believe and speak something illogical, he will work on you to convince you about something that is logical. Something that makes sense to you. It's easier to cast down some absurd thought. You know, it's re- you say, ah, it's ridiculous. I'm, but, you know, it's easy to kind of cast down aside, but it's more difficult to believe thoughts that make sense to you. Uh, for example, he'll tell you, your grandmother died before she was 70, and your mother died before she was 70, therefore the same thing is going to happen to you. Now that sounds logical, and that makes sense. So that's the more difficult of a stronghold to, to deal with and to cast down because people are more, he knows it's easier to get you to believe something that could be true and sounds logical to you. He'll say to you, uh, this is not a good time to be sowing seed. This is not a good time to be giving your money away. This is not a good time to step out in faith. It may be a fact. These strongholds are more difficult to deal with because they make sense to you. When your spirit is full of the word, it will pull your mind over into agreement with it. Now that's what's supposed to happen. When these, when these thoughts come to you and you, you hear things and you, you're faced with adversity and these negative circumstances... Your spirit is supposed to pull your mind over into agreement with what the Word of God says. But when you are dominated by sense knowledge, there's two kinds of knowledge, sense knowledge and faith knowledge. Or you could say fact knowledge and faith knowledge. It may be a fact that the doctor, you know, said you'll never walk again or register blind. That may have been a fact, but it wasn't the truth. This is the truth. And because you already knew the truth, you cast down that fact knowledge and you held on to faith knowledge. Now that's that's what we got to do. And this is what most Christians don't know how to do and don't even know is available. And that's why a lot of them are suffering. So that's why we have the Word. Amen? And we're trying to get out, get the Word out to people to put a stop to the devil dominating them and running over them and defeating them. Hallelujah. Bringing in... Uh, carry on with verse 5. Bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What, is it, what does it mean to, to take something captive? Put it in prison. Take those thoughts and put them in prison. Somebody who's taken captive, they, they've been put in prison. So he's saying, take these thoughts and put them in prison and don't let them out. Notice that Paul doesn't say anything about bringing the devil into captivity. He tells us to take every thought captive to the obedience of God's Word. This does not tell us to cast down all imaginations. Your imagination is not an evil thing, but it can be if you loan it out to the devil. Your imagination is a gift from God. The only imaginations we are to cast down are the ones that exalt themselves against the Word of God. Now, you don't stop faults with other faults. You stop faults with words. When you speak words, your mind has to stop and listen to what you had to say. So you don't stop faults with other faults. You stop faults with words. This is spiritual warfare. Regardless of whether these strongholds are logical or illogical thoughts, take authority over them and cast them down. Replace them with God's Word. 
like Ann was talking about. No, I, I have a sound mind. You know, I don't have, I'm not having memory problems. I have a sound mind. I've been redeemed from that. Amen? God has given us His Word and His Spirit for us to do something with our mind and bring it into agreement with His Word. <clears throat> this is something we have to do every day. Again, the understood subject here is you. If you don't have control over your mind, who does? And we're not going to let the devil have control over it. Amen? Hallelujah. You're bringing your thoughts under the control of the Word and the Spirit of God. That's the renewing of the mind. And that's this warfare, this spiritual warfare, that we have to engage in. And your, your mind will eventually get to the place where it's not in this struggle anymore. It'll, it'll eventually come to the place where it says, well, you know, it doesn't, look, it doesn't look like, you know, I'm healed yet. But if the Word says I'm healed, then I must be healed. Your mind will eventually give up and say, well, you know, my circumstances are still not in line with the word you know my bank account's still not where I want it to be but if it says my needs are met then they must be met so your mind will get to where after all this training and, and putting the word in your spirit it'll get to where it'll just go along with your spirit and it won't argue with you so much anymore and this is a process that has to take place and it's not a constant War. And when you start out, it is because your mind still wants to go in this old rut that's been in it. It still wants to follow the course of this world. But you can retrain it. You can re retrain your mind to agree with your spirit and what the Word says. And it'll get to where it just goes along and says, Okay, the Word says we're here, healed, we're healed. You know, the Word says... I'm rich, I'm rich. If it says my needs are met, they're met. That's it. And it'll, it'll agree with it. And when you get in to that point, it's not going to be long till the manifestation is going to, you know, it, you're, you're on the way to getting that, that manifestation. It has to turn. It has to turn. Hallelujah. Let's turn to Romans 8, 6. Romans 8. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. This tells us there is no peace without being spiritually minded. Now isn't that what we read in 2 Timothy 1.7 about having a sound mind. A sound mind would be a spiritual mind, wouldn't it? Spiritual mind. A spiritual mind would be a peaceful mind, a sound mind, under the control of the Word of God, no longer affected by illogical, absurd, or unfounded thinking. That's a spiritual mind and a sound mind. Verse 7. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. Now the, the word carnal here means natural or unrenewed mind. That's, that's the state your mind was in before you were born again. And if you don't renew it after you're born again, it stays that way. It just stays that way. And even though you're born again and you love God and you're going to heaven, you know, and you want to be blessed and, you know, you want to have a good life and all this, you got to do something with that, that mind because it still is moved by what it sees, what it feels, and what it thinks. 
and it takes all of its information in from some other outward source other than the Word of God. And that's the way Christians live all their life if they don't get their mind renewed to the Word of God. And they just are subject to this natural world just like everybody else. Even though they love God and God loves them. We need to receive God's blessings that He's got for us. Amen. Amen. We know we're going to be in heaven, but we, we need to have what He's got for us here. That's right. And He wants us to have it now. He wants us to have it now. He, he paid a high price for us to have all this now. We not only need God, God needs us. And He needs us blessed. And He needs us well. You know, He doesn't need Christians laying up in the bed somewhere. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm not being, you know, uh, uncompassionate or anything like that. I'm just saying He needs us. And He needs us well and He needs us blessed. But we got to know, we got to walk. we got to grow up into spiritual adults. He needs some spiritual adults down here that know how to do this and know what's going on. Uh, and I'm declaring by faith it's going to get bigger. Amen? And it's not just going to be four people sitting around a table here. Amen? It's going to be thousands and thousands of people that are going to get a hold of this and they're going to start walking in what God has for them. Amen? And not just subject to the devil and whatever he wants to do. And that's being the tail and not the head all the time. Amen? Now the Christians in this nation need to hear the truth. Yes. Amen. And walk in it. Amen. We're not supposed to be the tail. We're supposed to be the head. We're supposed to be overcoming the world, not being overcome by it. And I just, just, you know, subject to natural circumstances all the time. And just, oh well, must be God's will. You know, that is just a cop out. You know, we, we've, got, we're, we've got to do something about that. God's given us His Word to do something about it. Amen? But people have got to get on it. This is not something that's automatic. It doesn't just automatically happen when you get saved. And that's what Christians don't realize. They just think, oh well, you know, here we are in life, you know, we just float along and, you know, God loves me and I love Him and... Everything will be all right, you know. And the devil, he loves he loves people like that. He'll just bulldoze over them, and they're no threat to him. That's why he doesn't bother them. That's why most of the time he doesn't attack them. They don't have problems. Why do you think he's attacking you two? You're a, you've got to hold the word of God. You know what the word says. You're 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 acting on it. That you're a threat to Satan. All these other, you know, these other Christians that are just lollygagging around, don't know what the word says. The devil doesn't bother them. They're no threat to him. We're supposed to be a threat to his operation on the earth. Amen. And we are. Hallelujah. Now, the carnal natural mind is enmity against God. That means it's an enemy of God. The carnal, natural mind is an enemy of God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Or you could say it's not subject to the word of God. Neither can be. Did I read that right? Uh, verse 7. Yeah, neither indeed can be. Now that means it... It can't be subject to the Word if it's not exposed to the Word. But it can be retrained. Your mind, this is not saying, well, your mind, you're just stuck with a carnal natural mind and it, there's nothing you can do about it. No, God's given us His Word and His Spirit to, to renew our mind. And our mind can be trained to believe God's Word and to cast down fact knowledge and to embrace faith knowledge. Hallelujah. A carnal Christian, as far as the outward man and the mind is concerned, there is really not much difference between them and an unbeliever. 
They are born again, love God, but think and respond to circumstances like an unbeliever through logic and natural wits, not God's Word. Now let's just recap the characteristics of an unrenewed mind. It thinks and responds to circumstances through logic, reasoning, like an unbeliever. In other words, it thinks naturally. It is not in harmony with the Holy Spirit and your recreated spirit, which is in the likeness and image of God. The unrenewed mind is not in harmony with that. It receives its information from the five physical senses instead of what God's Word says. It is unregulated by the Word of God. Now, let's recap characteristics of a renewed mind. A renewed mind thinks and agrees with God's Word rather than tradition, human logic, or reasoning. It thinks and agrees with God's Word rather than tradition, human logic, or reasoning. A renewed mind is regulated by the Word of God. It receives its information from the Word. A renewed mind is in harmony and agreement with the Word of God, the reborn Spirit, and the Holy Spirit. So the natural man mind can be reprogrammed to think spiritually instead of naturally. Now, how do you bring your mind into a place of agreement with the Word instead of agreeing with circumstances? By exposing it to the Word of God. You know, uh, I just now thought of this scripture. I don't know. It's over, I think, First or Second Peter. It talks about the washing of the water of the Word. You've got to wash your mind with the Word of God. You, you've got to, you know, you, you've heard of people being brainwashed. Well, we've got to wash our mind with the Word of God, and we've got to wash out all that unbelief and tradition and circumstances and that old way of thinking. We've got to wash that out, and we've got to replace it with what the Word of God says. And it can be done. Listening to anointed preaching and teaching, tapes, CDs, DVDs, this is a process of renewing the mind, meditating on scripture that tells you who you are in Christ, what you can do, and what you can have. And you continue to do this until your mind stops challenging the Word of God with religious tradition and sense knowledge. So this is not a one-time event. Now, I'm just quickly going to give you several steps here to renewing your mind. Uh, Proverbs 4, verse 20 talks about attend to the Word. The more you give your attention to the Word of God, it becomes a desire and not a religious chore. If people really realize the life in God's Word and the transforming power of God's Word and how it can bring about this transformation of, of putting off the old man and putting on the new man. It, if they actually gave their attention to it, in a few days, they'd have a desire for it. They would just lose the desire for these other distractions in life. So, we train our mind to cast down fact knowledge and hold on to faith knowledge. We won't turn there, but uh, Joshua 1.8, we're familiar with that scripture. You know, he said, meditate on the word of God day and night, 
that you may observe to do all that's written therein, and then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. The most important thing God told Joshua to do to be prosperous and successful was to keep the word of God in his mouth. You have to say what the word says and not the circumstances in order to be victorious. Have you noticed how the petrol prices have gone down recently? I've been speaking to the petrol prices. I have for quite a while. Every time I drive by a service station, I say, you're going down. So when every time you drive by and you see the petrol prices have gone down again, you know I've been talking to the service stations, okay? I'm not kidding. I do. Why should I just keep paying more? Why should we just sit here and do nothing and just let the prices go sky high when we can do something about it? So... I've been speaking to him for a while. I drove by the other day and I thought, wow, it's working, you know. I, mean, I just do it whether it looks like it works or not, but it does work. So you can say, Lord, thank, you know, praise God, Barb's talking to the petrol again. Number two in Proverbs 4, 20 to 22, let them not depart from your sight. Satan will try to distract your focus away from the promise of God and get it over onto circumstances or something else. Now that's exactly what Anne referred to a few minutes ago with all these doctor's reports and stuff like that. He's trying to pull your focus off of the Word of God that says, by His stripes you were healed, and try to get you change your focus over here on your body. He wants you to look at your body and how it feels and how it looks and all that and try to get your focus off the Word. That's what all of this is about. Keep them in the center of your heart. Meditate in the Word. Meditating in the Word means maintaining it in your thought life. Take, take a scripture or a promise and think about it. Ponder on it. Just take, just take one scripture and just Say it, you know, just say it out loud. It, meditate means to mutter or to to speak quietly. Just just say it quietly to yourself. Just speak it out loud, you know. The wealth of the sinners laid up for the righteous. The wealth of the sinners laid up for the righteous. The wealth of the sinners laid up for the righteous. By his stripes I was healed. By his stripes I was healed. That's meditating on the Word. And it's, it's more difficult for Satan to pull you off over here on something else when you're keeping that in your mouth and in your mind. And it, it will, that helps to bring your mind back over into agreement with what the Word says. It's the same process as worry, except instead of sitting there pondering on... What's going to happen to me if this happens? You know, what's going to happen if they do this? What's going to happen if this comes to pass? And most of the time we worry about things that never come to pass in the first place. You know, but it's the same process as worry. You take, instead of taking some natural circumstance, some fearful thought and circumstance and focusing on it and meditating on it and thinking, what am I going to do, you know, what's going to happen if, if this doesn't work? It's the same process, but you take a promise, and you focus on that, and, and you say, no, God supplies my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And you take the same process, and you just put it on the word, instead of on fear, or some natural circumstance. It's the same process. So we've already been trained to do it. We've just been trained to do it in the wrong direction. So we just got to take the same process with the Word. God has not only instructed us to cast down negative imaginations, but He has told us what to replace them with. Let's just turn to our last scripture, Philippians uh, 4. 
Philippians 4. Verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. So he not only tells us what to cast down, these negative imaginations and these thoughts that are not in agreement with God's word, that's the ones we cast down, and we think on these things, things that are of good report, things that are good, pure, perfect, lovely. That's, that's what we're to replace those thoughts with. The Amplified Bible says, Think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. The word think means to make these things the subject of your thoughtful consideration or to carefully reflect on them. This is how we keep our thoughts under control and renew our mind. Amen? Amen. Mm-hmm.